everybody. Welcome back to the Land Development Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Glick. And uh, if this is your first time tuning into the show, our show is focused on having industry experts on to talk about their companies, their experiences in the industry. And today I'm excited to be joined on the show with Justin and Danny Frampton. Thanks for joining me. No problem. Thanks for having us. For sure. So the first thing that I wanted to go into was learning more about how you got to this point now. We're in your beautiful office, mm-hmm. new, new office here within the last uh, not too long ago. Obviously, you didn't start here. Um, you had to have built up to this point. And so let's rewind back a little bit to when the two of you started Frampton Homes, or maybe even before that, how you even got into the industry in general. And I'll, whichever you, one of you wants to start first, and we can kind of go back and forth. Yeah. So starting with when um, really it all probably began when we started building homes. Um, I was in the industry prior to that. Um, but uh, once we started building homes, um, Danny and I were first married at that point. Um, and Danny was working um, for a, a corporate company. And um, it was just myself at the time. And um, as we progressed, uh, Danny joined the team somewhere around 2009, 2010, I would say, um, mainly doing new construction, custom homes. Um, and then once Danny joined the team, we progressed into doing some spec homes where we would buy lots, um, build homes to sell. Um, and then uh, we that, that continued to grow. And about... 2018, I would say, we purchased our first piece of ground to um, subdivide into lots. It was more of a, a urban sprawl type development, larger lots, acreages with septic systems, um, not as not as much uh, of in the infrastructure as like a higher density um, in-town development. Um, went really well, really enjoyed that process. Um, it went hand in hand with the home building. It, it afforded us to um, get in front of more people with us being the land developer and the the home builder. Um, and then uh, probably the largest project that we've done um, about three years ago, we purchased 40 acres in the Grimes Northwest corner of Grimes and developed it into 85 um, single family homes and uh, have purchased some more land and, and plan to continue. Um, really enjoy the process. Um, enjoy the the kind of the marriage between the the home building and that and the in the land development as far as um you know helping market the lots but uh, just really fun to see the whole process yeah no that's really interesting like hearing the whole the whole backstory and everything and I'm interested from your standpoint Danny when you first came in to the company mm-hmm. what uh, I guess what brought you in like why did you come in and start uh, being a part of the company. Yep. I actually had a real estate background before I ever met Justin. So I got my real estate license when I was in college and worked through that. Um, once I graduated college, I got into more of the corporate side of things. So I had a lot of real estate knowledge from sales and the corporate side. Um, and then once he started building on his own, uh, it was a natural fit for me to leave corporate to come back to sales. And it just progressed from there as far as helping out with more business adventures. Okay. Now I'm really interested with the two of you being married and uh, in the business together. I think that brings with it some challenges. Uh, I think for me, not not necessarily in the land development or building industry, but even having my wife help me with some of the things that I do with my business, you know, it presents some challenges. And so I'm curious from both of your standpoints, uh, 
how how have you managed that? How do you what are what are some of the challenges that you experience when uh, like and how do you turn it off when you get home? That's <laughs> or do you <laughs> you know? I, I guess I'll start. Um, I, you know, it's it, it, it that is the challenge of 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 um, not knowing when and when not to be talking about work. It's you know it's just kind of natural and you know for for a couple a married couple that work at two separate places they still do talk about work right so it's what is the level of of what's you know what's acceptable and what's not but it's it's also what we both really enjoy it's kind of a, a hobby too so it's you know the, it 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 tends to be it tends to be the topic of conversation regardless if it you know we sometimes don't even realize we're talking about work when we talk about work um i would say there are times where it's, you know, it's like one of us just really isn't in the mood to talk about work and the other one maybe is super excited about something. So you got to kind of have to, and, and with being married, um, sometimes it's easy to be a little too honest, <laughs> um, but we've, we've made it work and it's, it's really good. We we're we're good about telling each other like, all right, this is, this is where we need to stop or, you know, cause we have four kids as well. Yeah. So ranging from the age of 13 to almost three. So, you know, they need our attention as well. So it's, it's, um, I think it's a good balance. I think it's, we, we're either, neither one of us are afraid to say, Hey, this is, this is where we need to focus our attention at this time. So, yeah, I would say we're a good balance for each other. Um, he's a little more adventurous than I am. So sometimes I have to rein him in a little <laughs> bit, <laughs> but no, honestly, we inspire each other. I would say is the good part. You just kind of when one person's having a down day, the other one just kind of takes the lead and says, okay, let's pick it up and keep going. So I think it's actually encouraged us working together to be more adventurous with the risks that we take. So how do you incorporate, speaking of of the kids, so how do you incorporate them into the business? Because you see a lot in this industry, a lot of family businesses, right? So second, third, fourth generations uh, now running home building and land development businesses. Do you think about that at all? And not not that you have to get into specifics about it, but like, is that something that's on your mind and thinking about how at an earlier age the kids can be around the business and see see how you know how it operates and stuff? Then ultimately, if they choose to be a part of it, then they can be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, I would be very proud if our kids wanted to be a part of it. Um, certainly, something that you know we will, you know, we will in we will help them out, but certainly not any direction we're necessarily pushing them. Um, our oldest daughter is probably the one that would be probably has taken the most interest just because of her age and starting yeah. to understand what we do do. Um, she, she, you know, she's only in eighth grade, but has, has shared interest that she wants to be an architect. So mm-hmm. obviously has, um, you know, a relation to what we do, whether it's, you know, for us or she goes somewhere else. But um, I think it's, I think that, has a lot to do with what she sees us do every day. And, and, you know, we've, that poor girl has moved probably (laughs) 12 times in her short life. So, um, you know, she gets to see some of the trends and the things that, that, uh, in, in different neighborhoods that we've lived in and things like that. So, um, you know, the other, the other kids are probably a little young, but we, we certainly would, uh, you know, um, would love to see it, you know, move forward and, and one of our kids be a, a major part of that in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say um, kids of self-employed parents tend to have a little different outlook on how the world works. You know, they're used to loading up in the car and running to appointments with us because when you're self-employed, you have to go sometimes. 
Um, like you said, our oldest daughter probably experienced a lot more of that than the younger children. She would go sit in open houses with us. She'd be, you know, when we first started our company, she'd be in the pack and play as we're cleaning, getting things <laughs> ready and, and just all those things. And she, yes, has expressed the most interest in a related field. Um, just kind of from experience, we have friends that are a little further ahead in their career. And uh, it's, I've like, I've seen how they've made it work. Um, their kids have come back to their company, but they came to work for us for a little bit or a similar related industry, but, but worked maybe for somebody else before actually working for the family business. And I really thought that was very, like a really good idea for kids to get a little life experience yeah. somewhere else first, but then hopefully come back and enjoy what we've worked so hard to build. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen that before with, and and heard that many times of mm-hmm. where, yeah, it's almost like the family really pushed them to say, go do something different. Yes. Bring an outside perspective back into our family business. If, yep. you know, if you do choose to come back and work, work in the family company. So, I mean, those are all things for me personally that I, mm-hmm. I think about. And I think just the, when you are working around your kids too, mm-hmm. they're able to, um, you know, see that work ethic. And I think sometimes one of the downsides is of, you know, working away from them all the time is they don't necessarily, it, it's like make-believe. Mm-hmm, like they don't yeah. see, they don't see that you even do anything, right? That's just exactly. like, what is, you know, what does mommy and daddy do? What do they do? And it's yep. like, uh, <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't know. So I like, I like that aspect of it, of being able to have them being able to see it. And the youngest doesn't necessarily uh, know really what I do. So, mm-hmm. you know, you'll get those questions like, what do you even do? Like who, <laughs> what do you do all day? <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like, I promise I work. <laughs> <laughs> But um, look, so you mentioned a couple of your projects that you had worked on, um, you know, over the years going back. I, I'm interested about um, if there's one project that like stands out in your minds. I know you've done a lot of projects, mm-hmm. but like, is there one project that may stand out in your mind? Um, maybe there was a, you know, special circumstance about the project or there was uh, just a, a neat design that you did with a project or something like that, that you could kind of talk about a little bit. Um, I would probably say learning. So the, so the land development that I shared that's on the Northwest side of Grimes, um, learning that even though you think you take all of the right steps and you covered all of your bases, that's not always the case. Um, when they're, when it comes to like army Corps of engineers, the DNR, things like that. So just really, um, you know, kind of that school of hard knocks, like you, you just, you think you've got it all figured out and you think you've done all the right things and you haven't. So, um, that's the neat thing about this industry. I think, um, you know, and as, as I imagine you interview more veteran, more of the veterans in this, in this industry, I really feel like it's a constant learning process. Like there's always something there's, you know, whether it's with contracts, whether it's in within negotiations, whether it's within this, each municipality that you're working with, um, different subcontractors, there's just, there's no playbook, you know, there's no, this is exactly how it's going to go. And this is what you can predict on Monday. And this is how it's going to end up on Friday. Um, can sometimes can sometimes be the stressful part of it, but that's also I think the kind of the exciting part of it. So I, I probably didn't answer your question directly. I have one specific thing, but we did have a specific issue on on this development that um, you know was 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 brought to our attention after the fact, and it wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. that we bypassed it. It just got brought to our attention a little bit later, and and it was definitely something that moving forward, 
that that T will be crossed every time moving forward. Yeah. But I wouldn't have known any different. And it could have been the tenth development that I did that this happened on. It just so happened to be the very first development. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just um, all of the projects are unique um, and present challenges and present warding, rewarding um, um, you know aspects of it. So that's what I that really keeps us keep, keeps me going. I guess. Yeah. And then Danny, from, from your perspective with, uh, and we kind of jumped over this in the beginning and everything, but, um, you obviously both play a specific role yeah. in the company and we didn't really talk about what your roles are in the company. Mm-hmm. And so maybe from maybe first, what is, what is your specific role? What, what do you do within Frampton homes? Yep. I'm more the business side of everything now. I've, I've done about every role that there is. <laughs> I've, I started in sales, worked in design. We now have an in-house designer for Frampton homes. And so now I really just do the back end behind the scenes sort of thing. Um, I'll still help out with design a little bit, but um, yeah. So, so for me, meaningful projects are a little bit different from him from having worked in the design very closely with homeowners. Um, There's several of them that I can think of that were just very emotional times in those people's lives. And those houses just meant so much to them that, I mean, there's, you know, in the last, how long we've been doing this, there's been a few of those, but Yeah. yeah. So that's always fun to see. Nice. And so you, uh, I think you mentioned that the, so you started with the home building, mm-hmm. you got into some of the land development projects and you have more planned in the future. Um, along the way, do you have, has there been anybody that has helped you fast track certain things as far as like, I mean, cause I, I imagine that when you, you know, you're building homes and then you get into maybe your first project that there might need to be some guidance or something that you can get in that process. I mean, of course you can go and, and try to do some of this stuff on your own, but is there, um, you don't have to say any names or anything like that, but have you had anybody that has helped, you know, mentor you in this process? Absolutely. Um, there's, you know, and that's another really unique thing about this business is, is you're, you're certainly competitors with these other people, but it's, it's, you sit down and, and, you know, just going back to the situation that I was telling you about with Army Corps of Engineers and the DNR and things that, you you know, where you think you've got everything figured out. And I never, when, 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 when that came to light, I never hesitated to call certain people within the industry, you know, that, that are developing right next to us or, or, you know, are developing in the same neighborhoods. And with a hundred percent confidence that I would get their, their, truly authentic response and help, um, in the industry, um, veterans and, and, you know, Scott Temple with Vista development and and Sonny Hall with absolute group and, um, guys that have just got, just got a plethora of knowledge that are, are, you can almost see the excitement of them helping you and teaching you and giving their, their input. So it's, it's just, that's, what's really unique about this business and it's fun. And I hope to pay that forward someday. Yeah. No, that's, and that's, I think what was interesting to bring up with that is I think for people listening, I mean, you're going to have a variety of people listening, right? People who are, are veterans in the industry and stuff, but you're going to have some up and comers who are new to the industry listening through this. And I think that was something important to note for those individuals is the fact that, you know, you don't have to go at it alone and try to figure everything out. You'll, like you said, you're going to make mistakes regardless of whatever mentoring you have. It's just the nature of, of business in general, but being able to find, you know, mentors who have been there, done that and can share some of that information with you is, uh, um, yeah, I, I can see how that's so beneficial. I mean, we do the same thing obviously in our business with, uh, 
with having mentors help us in, in that space. So no, that's really, really interesting. And um, I think uh, one thing we, one thing I was going to ask as well, going back a little bit to on the um, just working in a business with your spouse, um, is there anything from an advice standpoint that you would give somebody who's considering bringing their spouse into their business that they need to think about before, <laughs> before <laughs> making, making that decision? Um, I guess setting clear guidelines of whose responsibility is what is really the key. Um, those lines can get blurred pretty quickly and that's when usually the arguments start. So, um, if you can just define your roles, but I mean, it should go pretty smoothly from there. Yeah. I mean, I think that she hit it, the hit the nail on the head, but yeah, it's the expectations and the communication. I mean, communication is so important. I mean, it's, if you're thinking it, you've got to say it, don't hold it in, don't hold it back. I mean, obviously be respectful and professional. Obviously that goes without saying that's not going to matter whether you're <laughs> business partners or not, but, um, but yeah, it can be very rewarding, but it can be very taxing. But I think, yeah, the, it, just like anything, the communication and, and being honest and, and setting boundaries for sure. All right. One, uh, one other question for you. If you could go back in business and change anything, is there anything that you would have done differently? I would. That's tough. Yeah, yeah that is a tough, really is tough, a tough one. one. <laughs> but the only the only thing that I I would probably say is, um, you know, with being a small business owner and and you know, I never worked for another company before that you know building houses. So the systems we we very much learned as we went and have built on them and are continuing to build on them. So when you do that and and I think just the nature of, of the type of person who is a small business owner, it's hard to ask for help. It's hard to, it's hard to hire people. It's, it's, you know, to, to give your, give up some sort of responsibility. Um, I would say, you know, we, my biggest, our biggest thing that we, we probably always were in much more need of an employee or help before we actually put that in place. Um, for for multiple different reasons, not only just giving up the the um, the responsibility and giving up that control, quote unquote, but you certainly never want to hire somebody to turn around and fire them. So you're like, right. okay, is this is this short term? Do we just muscle through this and and wait, or do we? Is it you know? Do you start training now and then you know move on? So I would say you know not necessarily a regret, but I think things that we've learned along the way and that I, we probably could have done a little sooner that maybe would have helped us was um, you know putting people in place and hiring the help okay. and the right people. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that sounds probably about like the only thing I can think of. You know, um, like you said, it was learn as we go and trying to take the right risks and everything. And, um, I mean, looking back, you, I mean, you can't question that because even if it didn't turn out exactly how you wanted, you learned. And so it led you to the next step. So, right. um, so yeah, I would say, I guess, yeah, just learning to trust your gut and let go of some of the control, I guess a little bit kind of, as he was saying, don't be afraid yeah. to ask for help. Yeah. I think it's, it's a tricky question. It's tough because you're right. Mm -hmm. If, that every you know decision you made led you to this building you're in right now. Mm -hmm. So you go back and change something. I mean, who's to say you're going to be in the same building? It's right. that butterfly effect of yep. changing something in the past. But always curious about that because um, I think we all have things that you look back on, and they they were learning experiences, mm -hmm. is what they were. Right. But it's like, yeah, I mean, if I could have done that differently, I probably would have. But uh, 
no, that's, that's interesting. And I think pretty consistent with, uh, with where, where my head's at as well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Well in, in closing, uh, what's the best way for people who are listening into this to get in touch with the two of you? Um, I don't know if that's just, uh, reaching out to you through your website or do you have a certain way you like people to contact you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If they go to framptonhomes.com, it'll have uh, a phone number and an email to contact either way. Um, so whatever, whatever's easiest, if some people prefer to pick up the phone and call or even text, um, um, email, or we're also on Facebook as well, Frampton Homes. So, um, feel free to reach out. We'd love to hear from anybody, whether it's for lots or a new home. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me on the show. And uh, for those of you listening in, if you're not yet subscribed to the show, uh, please click that subscribe button. And uh, until next time. 